Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. This uh, series, we're talking about acting up, and not like how your kids act up, but acting with an upward focus, an upward view. And today, specifically, we are talking about In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' name, which Neil didn't know when he picked all the songs about Jesus' name this morning, which was pretty cool. So I love how God is nudging us into agreement with him and inviting us into agreement with him. But this Acting Up series is going to teach us how do we behave, how do we function, how do we respond, how do we, how do we advance in agreement with an upward focus, with a kingdom focus, with a God focus. And again, our purest version of that is found in the book of Acts before people had time to screw it up. <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's it. This is, we're talking first generation believers, most of whom walked with Jesus at the very beginning, people who had known him, who had heard him talk, who had experienced his love firsthand, who had experienced healing and wholeness, who had experienced the commission directly. And, uh, and they were just walking it out the best they knew how. We see some, uh, some mistakes that they make, some things that they learned, some things that where they're like, we're doing this, 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 and the Holy Spirit's like, eh, okay, we're not, we're going to do this, 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 and you see them pivot in response to God. So what happens over the course of decades and centuries is we go, oh, this is how God moves. Let's put that box there. This is how he operates. Let's put a line there. Let's put a rule here. Let's put an instruction there. And suddenly we end up with religion, which will suffocate a move of God. We want to come back to the basics of what is it like to walk with Jesus? What is it like to live with Jesus? What is it like to engage what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through our lives in the purest possible way? And so today, as we talk about in Jesus' name, this is this interesting thing that comes out. Lots of times we get started in the book of Acts and we just talk about tongues of fire speaking in tongues, gifts of the Spirit, all of, all of which we will talk about over the course of this. But we miss sometimes in some of these, these big topics, we miss some of the pure foundational points that are grafted right into the book of Acts, right in, in its very beginning. And one of the main ones that we don't often talk about specifically is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And there's a lot in this. Acts 1.8, we remember uh, Jesus said, you will be witnesses to me, or you will be my witnesses. He means there will be Jesus in action in the church. You will be proof that I exist. You will walk out. You will be the hands and feet of me. You will be a walking testimony of who I am. There's this uh, thing that happens in Acts 3 to 5, the beginning of the church moving. The beginning of the walking out, this is who God is. The beginning of real life walking with God. And so we're going to lean into that a little bit today. So if you've got your Bibles, see, Pastor Darren last week said, open your phones. He doesn't know. You, I mean, you, you, you got to have a hard copy or your phone. That's fine too, but I'm just, you know. My thing is, every time I go to underline something on my digital Bible, it wants to underline the whole paragraph or the whole verse, and I sometimes want to underline a word, or like circle a word, or put a little star, a heart, a, you know, thing, and I can't do that, so I, I have to go through a new paper Bible every couple of years because I color it to death, but it's in there. So that's my sales pitch for Bibles. Um, all right, so Acts chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 1 to 9 to just get a picture. This is one of the first action moves. This is, the, uh, this is after Peter had preached, after the, the first initial uh, in, influx into the church had happened. And now Peter and John are going out, and this is the first big miracle that we see. So Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms from those who entered in the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And, the fixing, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. 
So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaped up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And does anybody remember the song, the kid's song that goes with that? Anybody feel like acting it out? Walking and leaping and praising God. Okay. Yep, we should know that. But uh, there's a lot in this particular passage. I would recommend if you do a paper Bible and you underline Acts 3 to 5, underline everywhere that you see the name of Jesus. Like literally the name of Jesus. It's spelled out like that. And uh, just even for your own study, you're going to start to see something very significant here. And we talk about a lot of different things that happened in this particular story. We could do a whole sermon just on this story alone, probably a series on this story alone, because there's a lot in it. But one of the things that I think is very interesting is the specifics of how Peter in this first moment is engaging this man. And he asks him to look at him and he says, I, I'm very aware of what I don't have, but I'm going to give you what I do have. And one of the things that I think is really cool about that, we've talked before, Peter is this, this fun guy who like tends to, in previous, like in the gospels, he jumps to conclusions, right? The Mount of Transfiguration, he's like, well, build a tent for everybody. Or, you know, the guy comes to arrest, Peter, uh, arrest Jesus in the garden, he's chopping his ear. He just like jumps to conclusions. So... The fact that in Acts chapter 2, he preaches a message and like thousands get saved. If he was the same man as he had been, he would have been, I am the best preacher on the planet. I am an influencer. <laughs> Cha-ching! You know, I, but no, he's not. He's like, I got nothing. I actually, I don't have what you need except I know the one who has what you need. And him, I can put a draw on. So specifically, he says in verse six, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He's basically saying this. He's saying, what I'm about to do, I'm doing in the name of Jesus. You need to understand this is not me. I am here as an ambassador. I am here as a witness I am here as an extension of someone else. I am here in Jesus' name. Now, last week, for instance, what this in Jesus' name means, it means I am here on behalf of and in partnership. I'm a representative of. I'm in agreement with. So last week when we had all these um, ladies here at the, at the conference, and there was a lot of them that, you know, would it be possible to get together and meet at, a, you know, sometimes or follow-up that's available, whatever. And there were specific people, I said, like, Jody knows to look for them. But I said, yes, call the office Tell them that you spoke with me and Jody will find you an appointment. What does that mean? It means they're calling, putting a draw on my name to gain access. Anybody else might have to wait a while because the schedule is a little full. But when they call and they say, I talked to Pastor Charlotte and she said this, then Jody makes it happen. So this is what this looks like. This, I am in the name of Jesus, I am doing this thing. I am putting a draw on something that is bigger than me. I am just the vessel in between. I am putting a draw on the name of Jesus. The result of this that I think is incredible, verse eight, so he leapt up, uh, so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising who? not Peter. Praising God. One of my favorite things about this past weekend is every single lady I've talked to has come and they've like, it was the best weekend ever. God spoke to me. I had a vision. I encountered God. God healed my heart. They're not saying like, wow, so-and-so did such a good job. And they, they are saying this because this is what it looks like when we properly engage heaven. 
When people encounter the breakthrough, they encounter the Spirit of God. And so it says that this man is praising God. And then it says, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. They all saw it. They did not see this man is praising Peter. This man is praising John. He is praising God. This is huge. Then people start to gather because they're the people who are like, well, something big has happened. And it says in verse uh, 11 to 12, it says, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. So he's just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. Pray. And he's praising God. He's not praising them. But they see him with them. He's hanging on to them and all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though we by our own power or godliness have made this man walk? Like, yeah. I, we're taking zero credit here. We're not, this is not about, why are you even looking at us for this? And down... Into verse 16, it says, and his name, through faith in his name, this is Jesus, so you could underline that, through faith in his name has made this man strong, who you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness and presence of you all, in the presence of you all. So there, there's this, this uh, dialogue that goes on and he's like, why are, you, why are you looking at us like we did anything? The name, in the name, faith in the name, his name, through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see. Yes, the faith which comes through him, his name. Something has happened in his name. And so we want to look at this. And just dig in a little tighter. What does it mean to be in his name? What are we talking about? What is in his name? This is our first point. What's in his name? Peter didn't even just say it's Jesus that healed the man. He said it's faith in his name. And if you have your Bibles open, you see I'm not making this up. We often will just say, do you have faith in God? Nope, this man have faith in his name, his name, the fullness of his name. Obviously, we're talking about so much more than five letters. I saw a comedian this morning because I'm searching the name of Jesus, and it uh, was this Christian comedian saying that obviously Jesus was um, Latino because his name is Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> clearly, it's about more than the grouping of letters. It's the content that a name implies. It's the bigger thing. Peter and the other apostles began moving out and functioning in Jesus' name. This was the instruction that Jesus had given them. They were a representative of him. I like how uh, David Mathis puts it. He says, to act in his name is to act for his fame. To take aim to make him known and admired and enjoyed as he ought to be. It's about him. It's, we get so like focused on what, what am I capable of? What am I called to? What's my mission? What's my thing? My, my, my. Peter and John in this moment are not fussing about, oh, dude, did you see that? I like laid hands on him. He got healed. I obviously have the gift of healing. Clearly, I am a healing evangelist. I should let people know. I should tweet that out. I should post this picture so that they know I am a healing evangelist. I am the guy that has the thing that can do the stuff. That'd be modern. These guys are like, no, it, why are you looking at us? It is about him. To act in his name for his fame. To act in his name for his fame. We sing the song in church all the time, all is for his glory, all is for your name, all is for your glory. And when we're talking about a move of God, the things that God's calling us into, the purest form of what it means to walk out in the things of God, it means that we are in it as vessels that he gets to use for his purposes. And when we are empty enough of self, we can be full of him. This is the invitation. So we see this beginning. This is what being in his name is about, operating in his name, not mine, his. 
his name. So we're going to break this down a little bit. What is in his name? Well, one of the first things is salvation. Salvation is in his name. Specifically, Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no name under heaven uh, given among men by which we must be saved. Again, the name. There is no other name. Romans 10.13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The pattern's pretty stark here, isn't it? You call on his name. There is the inner man that is made right in him through salvation. So what does it mean to be functioning in his name, to call upon his name, to to be operating in his name, in the name of Jesus? It means that I am operating in salvation. I am made right with God. On the inside, the enemy doesn't get to beat me up because I'm good with God. I I don't get harassed in the same way. I don't have to listen to who do you think you are. I don't have to listen to I know what you've done. I don't have to listen to I know where you've been because I have salvation in the name of Jesus. Who do you think you are? The person who has partnered with Jesus. I'm walking in his name and when the father looks at me he sees me standing in the righteousness of Christ. He doesn't see my filthy works from the past. He sees my right now present state with Jesus. That's what's in his name. When I stand before the father and the father says, why are you here? How did you get here? Because Jesus, not because I'm good. Salvation is only in his name. One of the other things that's in his name is identity. So this is the partner with that. John 1.12 says, but as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in His name, his name, the fullness of who he is, the broadness, the, 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 when it is in Jesus name, it is Jesus, Jesus's authority, Jesus's stuff, Jesus's identity, Jesus's action plan. It's all about him, the fullness of who he is. And I now have an identity in him. This is like a marriage. It's like, I take his name. Who am I? When I say I'm a Christian, Christian means Christ-like one. I am taking his name. I am deciding to function like him. That becomes my identity, not something that I believe. It's who I am. And when we understand that, then how we respond to even situations like we're facing right now where there's crisis all around it, how I respond to it is from my identity in him. I'm not just your regular freaking out person. I am in Jesus. How would Jesus respond in this situation? How does Jesus respond in this situation? The third thing that's there is access. So salvation is in his name. Identity is in his name. And access is in his name. Matthew 12, 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together, where? Like it's a place. In my name. I am there in the midst of them. So I'm coming into this agreement. When I come into this relationship with Jesus, I have access to meet with him. I have access to come and gather and connect with him and pray accordingly, function accordingly. This is what last weekend was about when we gathered the women together and we said, we're going to facilitate a space where you can meet with Jesus. That's what his name provides me. It provides me access. When you gather together in my name, not just in the name of a function, a ministry, an organization, I am gathering with Jesus. I am connecting with Jesus. I have access into a different place. John 14, 13 to 14 says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Lots of times we say, you know, just in our, in our ignorance or in our, the weakness of the relationship, I prayed about it and I commanded it to happen and it didn't happen. And so God failed me and God said that he would answer everything that I pray and it didn't, didn't happen. So obviously he doesn't love me. 
Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What this means in his name means in alignment to my will. In alignment to my will. This is a major warfare key for some of us. It is literally like if I was to say, you know, uh, Ella on the front row here. If I was to say, I give her a key and I say, Ella, can you go up to my office and get something for me? And she goes up there and because the ushers are on duty, they would say, you're not supposed to be up here right now. And she would say, Pastor Charlotte has given me her key and she wants me to get this for her. Right? She has access now to go in because the key that she's carrying is an indicator that she has my instructions. Right? Any random person going up and saying, oh no, Pastor Charlotte wants me to go to her office and open up the filing cabinet and get out. Where's your key? Where's your proof of access? My proof of access into the things in prayer is coming into agreement with the will of Jesus. How I'm confident to pray even about our current situation, and I don't know how God's going to manifest the outcome, but I do know that when we look at the, the stuff that's going on around us, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they would have life and life abundantly. So if there is killing, stealing, and destroying, it's got the fingerprints of the enemy, and therefore we have authority. And we take authority. We pray in agreement with life and life abundantly. There's something very specific that we partner with in that. We pray, you know, when we, when we go into prayer, we ask Jesus, how do, you, how do you want to pray about this? What's on your heart about this situation? We wait on God. We engage heaven for instructions even on how to pray so that we know the right things to pray. This is called being led by the Spirit. And so when we, when we uh, pray in the Spirit... Holy Spirit prays mysteries, but also we have access by the Holy Spirit to the wisdom of God. And so we go in and we ask God, how do you want us to pray about this? Show us how to pray. Give us a scripture. Give us something to hang on to. We pray in agreement with what Jesus says. And now I have access in his name. Does that make sense? It's not just something that I'm waving around. Partnered with that, then the fourth thing is authority. In his name, there is authority. And this is a big one. Authority, Philippians 2, 9 to 11 says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at what? The name of Jesus. Every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's given him the name that is above every other name. Jesus, that's a position of authority, the conquering of the cross, the conquering of the empty tomb, the conquering of the risen Lord. He is the name above every other name. When I'm aligned with him, who do you think you are? Oh, don't even. I'm aligned with the name that's above every name. Every situation, every circumstance, every devil, every principality, every power that seeks to set itself up against the knowledge of God, I take captive in my mind and I absolutely submit myself to Jesus. He is the one who's in charge. According to uh, Christian apologetics research, it says operating in Jesus' name means the authority of Jesus imparted to a person where that person performs an action as if it were Jesus actually there in the flesh doing it. The power or right to accomplish is not one's own. Let's just leave that out for a minute. You might want a screenshot of that one. Who do you think you are? I am the one packing Jesus. I, you you want to see my badge? I, I belong to Jesus in his authority, in his name. I'm not doing this because I'm so great. I'm so strong. I'm so powerful. I'm so brave. I'm so bold. I'm so confident, whatever. Jesus has authority and I partner with his authority. This is, this is really quite a big thing. 
1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. We come into that place of agreement because we're acknowledging who he is and that he has authority. It means that when I come into prayer, I come into decision making. I'm, I'm stepping out with a, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to move to a new location. I want to, you know, start a relationship, whatever. I ask his thoughts first. I submit myself to his authority. I'm doing what I'm doing in him. This is what the early church did. You don't see a lot of self-aggrandizement. You don't see people who are like, I'm so amazing. You see people who are like, he's so amazing. Can you believe that happened? You see people literally selling their stuff, giving to the poor, sharing what they have, going from house to house, just talking about how awesome Jesus is, growing in their faith, impacting their community, moving in the things of the spirit. There is no uh, self banner here. There is the banner of the name of Jesus. That is what the purest of the, of the church looks like. Aaron Barry says it this way, praying in Jesus' name is less about including a phrase at the end of your prayer and more about positioning your heart properly when you pray. Isn't that good? Praying in Jesus' name is less about including a phrase at the end of your prayer and more about positioning your heart properly when you pray. So I, it's not just like, it, you know, bless his food in Jesus' name. I actually saw this... Um, a picture on Instagram. Somebody had a picture of, it was like Taco Bell or something like that. And they had nachos and cheese sauce and tacos and a Coke and whatever. And the, the caption was like, it just hit me how ridiculous it is that I just asked Jesus to bless this to my body's use. And it's like, yeah, there's that, you know, but at the end we pray our prayer, little prayers in Jesus name. Amen. Well, is it really in Jesus' name? Because Jesus' name is powerful. What is Jesus actually saying about this situation I'm praying for, this situation that I'm in, this situation that I'm engaging? What does Jesus actually say? And interestingly enough, it doesn't mean all sweetness and safety in every, every place that we go. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. We know because of what operating in Jesus' name means that Peter and John knew what Jesus wanted to do for this lame man. We know that they were solid in their relationship with him. We know they were confident that Jesus had authority over this disability. And they were moving as an extension of him on the earth. And we know it because when we read the following things, they stand firm in the defense of Jesus' name. So let's dig a little bit further into this because the first thing we talked about is what is in his name. Number two, let's talk about the pushback. Ta-da! Peter and John get arrested. That's the happy news. John 4, we're going to start at verse 5 and read down to 12 for this part. And when they had set them up, this is that they had been gathered, um, like, what are you doing? Who are you, who are you preaching? What's happened here? And in verse 5, it says, And it came to pass the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and many as were with the family of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they set them in their midst, they asked them, By what power or by... What name have you done this? I'm telling you guys, this is all over here. By what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man by what means has, uh, he has been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, and by him this man stands before you well. This is huge. What, what is going through their heads that this guy who has been sitting lame from birth begging for help, is up walking, leaping, and praising God. And what the rulers want to know is not how did that happen. Like, whoo, this is so cool. They want to know whose name are you doing this in? This is significant. 
So Peter answers back and he tells them straight up, the one who died, who rose again, this Jesus, in his name, he, this man stands here before you whole. Verse 11, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there any salvation in any other, for there is no other name under, which he, under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Straight up, here's this, this thing that happens. This man is healed. The Pharisees of it, they're like the, the, the rulers of the temple, they are bent out of shape about whose name it's done. And they miss, they miss the whole point of it, which is there is salvation in Jesus Christ. The, the overflow was the healing of this man. That was just a sign and a wonder to point the way back to Jesus is the answer for everybody, for every situation. So the breakdown, verse seven, by what power or by what name have you done this? Verse 10, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands before you here whole. Verse 12, there is... Uh, nor is there salvation in any other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The religious leaders cannot handle this. They cannot handle the fact that there is a name that they are unwilling to acknowledge. They are unwilling to accept. There is a God that has moved in a way that they can't control. And they are unwilling to acknowledge who he is they have to silence the name. They're not just about silencing the people, they silence the name or attempt to silence the name. Acts 4 verse 17, let's go down to 17. And again, if you're, if you're underlining, keep your eyes out. Verse 17 says, uh, but so it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. It doesn't say don't do good things, don't heal people, don't be kind, don't give, don't preach. It says don't do it in his name. Why? Because there is authority. There is access. There is salvation. There is, there is a fullness of God manifested. His kingdom come. His will done. When we are willing to operate in the name of Jesus. Don't teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. <laughs> For we cannot but speak the things which have, we have seen and heard. So when they further had threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they, uh, since they all glorified God for what had been done. What we hear in the background and what, what's important for us to lay hold of is when we start moving out and we operate in the name of Jesus, we pray in the name of Jesus. We declare in the name of Jesus. We function on behalf of what it is Jesus has asked us to do. We stand and we minister from a place of relationship with Jesus. We operate in the authority that he has given us. There will be a press that comes against you that wants you to shut up. We should not be surprised by that. We position ourselves and we go, okay, Acts chapter four, before people could even screw this up, this is what happened. There is a spiritual force that knows there is power in the name of Jesus. Therefore, we can either back away from it and go, well, that's just too scary. Or we can go, oh, really? Bring out the big guns. Let's do this. Let's move in the name of Jesus. Let's go a little bit further on this one. So good. So the countermeasure is obvious. Speaking, teaching, praying, living in his name is uncontainable. It's uncontainable. There's been this thing. They're starting to speak. The people all around have started glorifying God. Now flip over to Acts 5 because it gets worse. It gets worse. They, they, they cannot keep this to themselves. And so uh, chapter 5, and you're going to want to read the whole thing, but we will not uh, do that. I'm just going to read from verse 12. 
It says, and though, and through the, the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all in one accord in Solomon's uh, porch, yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. The believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out of the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. This is what a move of God looks like. This is what a move of God looks like, right? But then when we look a little bit further, we see that there is like issues with this. They are uh, imprisoned. They are freed. The apostles are on trial again. Starts in verse 22. And then it says in verse 29, when they bring them out and they're like, oh, what are we going to do with these guys? Verse 28 says, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? Sick people are being laid in the streets. And men of God operating in the name and the authority of Jesus are walking past and people are being healed. And the scream from the atmosphere comes in and says, didn't we tell you not to operate in this name? This is bonkers, the pushback. Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. You have filled Jerusalem doing what? Not showboating, not influencing, not doing all this stuff, not being famous. They have filled Jerusalem with what doctrine? The doctrine of the risen Lord, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the King of glory, the conquering lamb. We, they have filled Jerusalem with the truth by operating in agreement with the name, in his name, in his authority, in his power, with his access. They are praying, they're going from house to house and they are praying, they are interceding, they're asking God for more boldness. They are partnering with heaven in this. Did we not strictly command you not to speak in this name? So then there's this debate, well, are they from God? Are they not from God? I don't know. Well, maybe if it's not God, it'll just wear itself out. If it is God, we can't stop it. And so it says in Acts 5, 40, it says, um, well, sorry, 39. It says, if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to be against God, to fight against God. Verse 40, and they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, it's important we note this. When they called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. His name. The final thing we're going to hit before we end today is taking my name. Take my name. What is in his name? Salvation, identity, access, authority, stuff that changes the world. What are we talking about? Not just talking about five letters. We're talking about coming into agreement, partnership, obedience, submission to the name of Jesus, the fullness of who Jesus is being a follower of Christ, truly operating in him. Taking my name is, it's a phrase that we use as a phrase of covenant, right? Weddings, we take somebody's name. Ladies do. We, what that means is we're becoming one. We now share a last name. The word talks about when a wedding happens that the two become one flesh, that there's something new. A father should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. There's a new family that happens in that moment. It means that when we come to Jesus and we say yes to him, we say that we're functioning in his name, that we are in partnership with him, that we are in covenant with him. He is, what I, why this matters 
is that it's not just a name like we can pull out of a secret back pocket to use when we need something done. Yes, the name of Jesus changes things. Yes, the name of Jesus has all authority. Yes, the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow. Yes, the name of Jesus is one that brings us access before the Father. Yes, the name of Jesus tells me who I am. But I can't treat him with contempt and then just want to use his name. If I am in his name, it means I am in covenant with him. This is huge. There's a, a passage that goes a little bit further. We're not going to turn to it now. But in um, Acts 19, it specifically talks about what happens when we misuse his name. We don't know him, but we're like, oh, in Jesus' name, I can do this. I can, I can pray this in Jesus' name and it will happen. Well... It says in Acts 19, verse 13 to 16, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. It goes on and says that there's seven sons of Sceva who did, did the, just this thing and they commanded demons to leave. They were taking authority by using the name of Jesus. And the demon actually answered and said, mm, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. Who are you? And it says they left the house bleeding and naked. <laughs> there is power in the name when we know him. When we are in covenant with him. When we are in relationship with him. I think it's no coincidence that the name of Jesus is one of the premier curse words around North America. Why do you think people drop it like this? It's all over the place. It's in TV shows, it's in movies, and it is at every place you go. People just drop, people who have never been to a church, people who have no idea who Jesus is, will drop the name of Jesus just as an expression. Why do you think that is? The enemy is looking to, to dilute our understanding of the power of the name of Jesus. When the word tells us to not take the name of the Lord in vain, that is what it means. It literally, it's not meaning just don't curse. It means don't use it casually. Don't just toss around the name of Jesus. Don't just toss around the name of the Lord like it's just something, like it's just some phrase. You just need an expression for your anger. You just need an expression for your disappointment. The name of Jesus contains all of who he is. We are accessing heaven heaven with the name of Jesus. When two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Whatever you ask for in my name, it will be done for you. When you come before the Father in my name, how dare we, how dare we dilute the preciousness of what God has offered us, which is not just a name. It is the fullness of what that name contains. It is the authority it is the identity. It is the salvation. It is the access. It is the thing like if I suddenly have the name of, of the, the, you know, the premier billionaire of the world who owns it all, I use that name to access everything. I have been invited to know the one who holds the universe together by the power of his word. The one who spoke us into being. The one who knit us together in our mother's womb. Fearfully and wonderfully made. The one who literally decided how many miles of veins and ligaments and stuff we needed to keep going. The one who causes our heart to keep beating and our lungs to keep breathing. The one who literally says he knows the number of hairs on our head, who has engraved us in the palm of his hand. I have access to the one who literally spoke to the wind and waves and they obeyed. The one who just said go to demons and they left. The one who was the power source for the woman who put a, a draw on the hem of his garment and she was instantly healed from a 12-year disease. The one who put his hands on a blind man and he could see for the first time. The one who hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I have access to that Jesus. 
and the fullness that comes with his name. What we see in this book of Acts is we see people not just claiming the name of Jesus, but people walking with him, praying with him, declaring with him, functioning in him, engaging the Father through him. That's the invitation, Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts 4, 12, there, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I'm gonna have the worship team come. And uh, we're gonna pray into this for just a moment here. This is a really big key for some of us. It's a really big key for all of us, but some of us just didn't know what it was. We, as God's people, have to be the ones who stand on guard. We have to be the ones when Jesus said to pray, pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When he said, you know, that we were to pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. When he said, pray, give us our daily bread. When he instructed us that we needed to love one another as he has loved us, that we need to abide in him and out of that fruit would come. All of this comes out of relationship in his name. What the temptation is, when the name of Jesus is so weak and so watered down, when people just use it casually, when we even as believers don't understand that when we pray, we get to the end and we say, in Jesus' name, amen. No, in Jesus' name, I am asking this thing. I am coming before the most high God by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I am petitioning the Father and I am asking for a release from the heavenly storehouses to be poured out on the earth. I am asking for your mercy to flow. I am asking for your kindness to flow. I am asking for your justice. Right now, we're in a situation where I believe we need to be praying for truth to be revealed, for hidden things to be exposed, that hidden works of darkness would be revealed, that there would be a move of justice, that God would do what only He can do, that love, that perfect love would drive out fear. The enemy wants us to internalize. How do I feel? What's going on in my life? Is my house okay? Is my family okay? Am I good? Book of Acts, purest form of the church, it was not internal. It was external. When they were imprisoned and released back to their people, they prayed that God would give them boldness. God, give us boldness that we could go out. Give us boldness. Give us what we need to do what needs to be done. It says in Acts 4, 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David had said, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. But now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Let's stand together this morning. We have a job to do. 
job to do. We need to be taking our place. We need to be praying according to his will. In his name, we need to be aligned with heaven. And we need to be declaring what needs to be declared. We need to be operating the way things need to be operated. We need to stir ourselves up in our most holy faith. And we need to know that even in the first church, things weren't always easy. to us and we thank you that in Jesus name you have granted us salvation Lord that we can be right with you that our hearts can be right with you that we don't just use the name of Jesus casually but we can be right with you on the inside Jesus Lord we thank you that in you we find our identity you given us in the name of Jesus access to become sons and daughters. God, that we can become co-heirs with Christ. The blood was shed so as we say yes, as we receive what you've given us, Jesus, we share the family name. We thank you for access. God, we don't just pray to a God who's far off and is ignorant to what we're going through, but God, we can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy. God, we thank you that you've invited us to come near, that you walk with us, that Jesus, you walk with us through whatever we're going through. We can invite you in and we can hear your voice up close and personal. And Jesus, we thank you that you have all authority, that all authority has been given to you, that you are the name that is above every name. And God, we thank you that you allow us to walk in that authority, that we come into agreement with you and we declare what you declare. We speak what you speak, God. We believe for what you say is possible. God, we stand in your authority, not our own strength, not our own ability, but God, we stand in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask like these apostles first prayed, God, that you would move with signs, wonders, and miracles, and that you would grant to us boldness, God, boldness to speak forth the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that even as we go from this place today, you, you cause us to step into that place of authority with you, that we take authority over our property, over the places and things that you have blessed us with, that you've assigned to us, God, that we stand and we declare you shall not pass into this territory, even over our own lands, God. We thank you, God, for the freedom that we find in your name the courage that we find in your name, the victory that we find in your name. And God, we pray that you would help us to understand it at deeper measures. Lord, I thank you for revealing to us how the enemy even opposes, where we've been maybe knocked down or we've been shy because of what we have felt as opposition. Lord, we thank you that we can see it's, it's actually quite normal. But in you, Jesus, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God, we thank you that you give us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we stand in that victory today in the boldness that you offer us. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.